This is episode 266, and today we're chatting about weight stalls, when to add exercise into your keto program to help with weight loss, and when not to, testing for ketones during weight loss and weight loss goals, and so much more. If you haven't guessed it already, we're talking about weight loss today. There are two things that are relevant to our conversation today. The first is I created a bundle of both of my best-selling ketogenic programs called The Keto Bundle. It delivers 60 days of keto how-to. You can find out more by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle. And the second thing that I mentioned throughout today's episode is my paperback book, my third paperback book, in fact, called Keto for Women. It's over 300 pages of developing your ketogenic protocol for your lady body. You can find out more by going to ketodietbook.com or just look for it at any bookstore or online, Amazon, those sorts of places. That's where you'll find it. If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. Now, when you're on that page, you're going to submit a question and then it's going to get featured on one episode, just like what's happening here. So all the questions that I am answering today were submitted through healthfulpursuit.com slash contact. So if you're looking for me to answer a question, that's where to go. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. And now that we have all that out of the way, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Our first question is from Ingrid. Hi, I bought your book and love many of the recipes. I have lost five pounds, but now in week six, I am totally stuck. I measure my ketones and I'm in ketosis, generally average ketone levels. I need to lose more weight and I'm just stuck. What menu plan should I buy given I have all the recipes from the book? Thank you, Ingrid. Ingrid, okay, I'm so glad that you have my book. I'm guessing because you're talking about lots of recipes and perhaps meal plans, you're talking about the keto diet. That's my first book, it's orange. Then my second book is the ketogenic, or no, that's not my book, <laughs> the keto diet cookbook, and that's turquoise. And then the third book is keto for women. So I'm guessing you have the first one. And I really don't think you need to buy more meal plans. You didn't exactly say why you were stuck other than the weight. Okay. So you've lost five pounds. You've been at it six weeks. I would guess that those five pounds were water weight. And this is very, very common for the ketogenic diet that we go on keto because the body doesn't need as much water on the ketogenic diet. We lose that water because we are losing the glycogen that is stored in our body and that body holds water. So now that you are or rather that glycogen holds water. So now that you are at this five pound lower weight, you have less water and now you're feeling stuck because you can't lose weight beyond that. And this is a very common issue because once the weight has been lost, once that water weight is gone, then your body is relying on your hormones, okay, to lose the weight. So in the standard 
workout more, eat less, eat less, eat less protocol. The reason that weight loss quote unquote works. Now I'm putting this in air quotes because it doesn't work because what ends up happening is that we hurt our metabolism in the long run. This is why you see women in our 40s, 50s, 60s, we've been dieting for 30, 40, 50 years, and we cannot lose the weight. We cannot lose a pound. And I'm guessing, Ingrid, that this is probably you too, that you've tried a bunch of different diets until you got to the ketogenic diet and you were promised easy weight loss as long as you ate less carbohydrates and a ton of fat. And so the interesting thing about the ketogenic diet is it's the only diet that I know of or eating style that I know of that forces you to heal your body in the process of the weight loss or in the process of following this diet. So what I mean by this is in order for keto to work, in order for keto to burn fat properly, to burn the body fat that you have instead of the fat that you're eating for you to actually lose the weight requires for your hormones to be balanced. Okay. So There are a couple of things that you can do understanding this to really get your hormones balanced. Now, again, I wrote a whole book about this called Keto for Women. So if anything, I wouldn't suggest changing up meal plans or spending your money on meal plans, but rather spending your money if you want to on understanding your hormones and understanding how your lady body is different than a man's body and your hormones are required in order to do keto successfully. So in addition to supporting your hormones, which is an entire episode to itself, and in fact, an entire book, you can try to increase and decrease calories. And what I mean by this is if you are doing the same thing every single day, okay, your body's like 1200 calories, 1200 calories, 1200 calories, 1200 calories. This isn't the way that keto works. So what you could try is one day you're eating 1500 calories and the next day it's 1900, then it's 1100. Then maybe you do a fasting day where you don't have anything. And the next day it's 1500. The next day it's 2200. The next day it's 900. So this constant guessing allows your metabolism to heal. Another thing that's very similar to this is changing up the macros. So if you've been sitting at 20 grams of carbs for the last six weeks, boost it up to 50 one day, then down to 10, then up to 50, and then down to five, and then up to 80. And then do you see what I'm saying? So doing something different and shifting these things allows your body to heal. If every day you're waking up and you're eating the same thing, maybe a fatty coffee, and then you're working out, and then you're having a lunch, maybe a salad with a bunch of fat on it, and then you are maybe having a fasting tea in the afternoon before you get home and you make some big brisket and you eat that with some, I don't know, broccoli, and you repeat, and it's the same thing over and over and over again, the same macros over and over and over again. If you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, it's just not going to happen. So we need to switch it up. And this is nothing that you did wrong, Ingrid. And for all human beings out there listening to this, like, I don't understand. I was told to do this. (laughs) I'm sorry. In the keto diet in my first book, The Orange One, There are various meal plans in that book. And you'll see if you look at the nutrition information on the side, you're going to see that 
every day is different. The macros are not the same. And a lot of people get upset about this um, because they expect that I'm going to deliver the exact same macros every day. And this is what leads to success. But this is not what leads to success. And what I've seen, it's really, really about doing something different and being patient. Also making sure that you're drinking enough water, which you probably are because you've been doing this for six weeks, but enough water, make sure that there's maybe some Himalayan rock salt in that water, some lemon juice, just help things get flowing. Another way you can go at it is testing your hormones. Okay. So this may not be available to all, but if you have an amazing doctor or access to blood work, it's really, really great to test your hormones to see what's up. The most important hormones to test for specifically as it relates to weight is going to be your estradiol. Okay, if estradiol is really, really high, that's probably why you're having a hard time losing weight. Progesterone, if your progesterone is really, really low, that's probably why you're having a hard time losing weight. DHEA is a nice one to have, um, but it's not necessary. Testosterone, also a nice one to have, but not necessary. Then you have the TSH, which is a thyroid stimulating hormone. This is quite necessary specifically when you are having a hard time losing weight. If your TSH is really, really high, this is your body saying, hey, thyroid, make hormones. Hello, hello, make hormones. Hello, make hormones. And if your body's not getting enough hormones, that TSH is going to go up and up and up and up and up. So If you get your test results back and it's quite high, that may be the reason why you're having a hard time losing weight and having a hard time sticking to keto because when your thyroid is off, it makes it very challenging to have quote unquote success on keto. Now, again, air quotes with success because we are just relating to weight loss here. And if you've been following me for the last I don't know, 265 episodes of this show, you know that there's so many more targets that we can go for when it comes to success on keto other than weight. So you have your TSH and then you have free T3. Now of all the doctors that I've worked with, it is really challenging to convince a doctor to test both your TSH and your free T3. Their approach to this is let's test your TSH and if it's too high or too low, then we'll test for the free T3. I recommend in order to get a full picture of what's going on with your thyroid, okay, because the TSH could be totally perfect, but that doesn't mean that your body's properly converting to free T3. So at least the very bare minimum is your TSH and your free T3. Now, if you can really go the extra mile, your free T4, having a T4 test in there is also really important. And just these small hormones, okay, like just these couple ones, if you can throw cortisol into the mix, this is really important because if your cortisol is really high, okay, that could lead to a ton of weight gain or even too much weight loss. If your cortisol is really high and your progesterone is really low, you could assume that the cortisol is stealing uh, the pregnenolone so that it cannot be converted into progesterone. So understanding your hormones, I know it sounds a little bit complicated and I've really tried to simplify it in my book, Keto for Women. So if you're wanting to go deeper into the hormone realm and really understand your body and understand how to eat keto for your hormones, that's a really good resource for you. But I wouldn't say, let's go out and buy more meal plans. And my meal plan program, Balance Keto, is a great program. I love it. I've been running it, I think, for at least three or four years now. 
and it's awesome. Is it right for you, Ingrid? I don't think so. I think what's going to be really right for you is again, being patient, switching up your macros, increasing and decreasing calories, testing your hormones. You could also try to not fast. Okay. You could also try to start fasting. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's really like, let's find some areas, calories, macros, water, hormones, fasting, and kind of move them up and down and test up and down. And do I respond better to fasting? Do I respond better to no fasting? Do I respond better to fatty coffees or no fatty coffees? What about caffeine? How do I feel when I go off of caffeine? How do I feel when I'm on caffeine? Another one you can try, Ingrid, if you haven't already, is starting high intensity interval training. Now, because you said that you're generally at an average of ketone level, I'm guessing that high intensity interval training is not going to be that missing link. But for anyone listening who is having kind of lower than normal ketone level, and you're quote unquote doing everything right and you've already done everything that I've mentioned and you're like it's not working you might want to try high intensity interval training now you can just go to YouTube and type that in and find a bunch of free workouts Um, that's probably the easiest way to go about it and also in the show notes which are going to be available at ketodietpodcast.com okay if you look for episode 266 on that page you may need to scroll a bit down because that page contains every single podcast episode I've ever done you're going to find three resources that I've linked to also in the show notes if you're listening to this on a podcast player the links may be in your player, depending on what kind of player you have. I'm going to include three resources that'll help you um, that go even deeper into weight loss, specifically weight gain plateaus and being at a plateau. Okay. So we have a blog post that I wrote a couple of years ago on ending weight loss struggles. I also did a podcast episode 17 that you can check out that I'll link to. I believe that was a mini-sode, so it's really hard to find on your podcast player. My bad. I won't do that again. But if you just go to that link, you can listen to it there. And then in 2016, I did a, I believe it is a video on the plateaus on keto and how to overcome them. So that has a bunch of other resources there as well. So Ingrid, I hope that was helpful and I look forward to hearing how it goes for you. Raise your hand if you feel like you're drinking too much caffeine. This is me raising my hand. Yep, totally me, guilty. Can't go through the morning without it, right? Can't go through the afternoon without it. But then you're experiencing energy crashes and you're like, what the heck is going on? Is this the ketogenic diet? So when we start eating keto, we drink a lot more fatty coffees. And then we start to feel a little bit funky, you know, like all jittery and busy in our head. This is why I switched over to Four Sigmatic, which combines organic fair trade coffee with nature's most powerful superfoods to give you a blend of coffee goodness that's way, 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 way less in caffeine. If you haven't heard of these superfoods, chaga and lion's mane, look them up or just trust me that they're awesome and they support and act as a bodyguard to keep you well without the unnatural buzz of caffeine. You make it like coffee, it tastes like coffee, but it has less of the after effects of coffee and more of the awesome effects that a cup of joy will give you. You like what I did there? Cup of joy, cup of joe. <laughs> so Four Sigmatic, if you want to give them a try, you can go to foursigmatic.com keto. They're offering 20% off all immune support bundles plus an additional 15% off everything when you use my link. Again, that's foursigmatic.com keto for as much as 35% off. Enjoy!
Okay, next question is Robin. I've been following keto for two months. I'm postmenopausal and looking to lose six to eight pounds. I am in good health. I weigh 127 pounds, but would like to be at 120 pounds. I have been following keto religiously with no carbs, high fat, except for occasional glass of wine. I listened to your podcast, purchased your recommended food products, books. I exercise regularly. What else can I possibly do to stay in ketosis and to finally start losing a stubborn few pounds? Robin, congratulations on postmenopause. Yay, you made it. You're alive. <laughs> Have you thought about hormones? Have you tested your hormones? You may really, 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 did I say really, benefit from testing your hormones. So using the suggestions that I provided to Ingrid in the last question could be really, really helpful for you. Another thing you might want to look at is just kind of taking stock on where this goal for weight loss is coming from. And this can sometimes be a sensitive topic for some. I know that when I was looking to lose, uh, I think it was eight pounds many, many years ago, and I submitted a question to a podcast very similar to what's happening right now. And the host said one of the most profound but simple questions, and it really triggered me. But looking back, it was really the trigger that I needed to start looking at the reasons why I was wanting to lose the weight is really what is this weight loss about? To lose six to eight pounds, this is not a health requirement by any means. And what is it about the six to eight pounds that has you looking at this? Um, is it because you're trying to recreate your quote unquote past body? Does it feel uncomfortable to wear certain clothes because of a muffin top or whatever the case may be? I don't know what it is for you, but really just digging deep into why do I want to lose this weight? Because six pounds is not going to make a difference. Like, and I say that with the most love understanding that I hope I'm not triggering you by saying this, but perhaps this might be what you need to hear specifically um, because you said you've been following keto religiously with no carbs, high fat, except the occasional glass of wine. It's really about where is your quality of life and how is that quality of life being affected by your eating style and by your goal of losing six to eight pounds and maintaining that weight specifically if you're having to go so hard to get to that weight, maintaining it is going to be very, very challenging. And what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to never have again? What are you willing to never experience or to have limits on? yourself because you're postmenopausal I would guess that you're anywhere between the ages of your mid 40s to mid 50s you know what are you willing to adjust in your lifestyle for the long term to keep off the six to eight pounds and when this host asked me that question I was like whoa <laughs> what am I willing to give up what am I willing to lose out on? What am I willing to adjust for these six to eight pounds? And it, it dawned on me that I wasn't willing to give up anything. And I really wanted to live a vibrant life that wasn't focused on my weight where, yeah, if I wear tight, tight jeans, I'm going to have a muffin top, but I can also go out um, for pizza with my husband and not worry about it and just eat what I want and leave what I don't. And it's become such a more balanced way of living for me. Now, this may not be your path, but I thought I would share that with you. Robin, if you haven't already tried high intensity interval training to really um, boost up those ketones and fat burning, I would highly suggest that. Um, exercise all 
also, as I mentioned in Ingrid's answer, is really switch it up. One day you do high intensity interval training, the next day you do yoga, the next day you go for a walk, the next day you go for a swim or whatever, and just play around with it. Another recommendation that goes for all human beings wanting to lose weight, have more sex, have more connection with your partner, enjoy each other's bodies, allow yourself to be fully consumed by another human being. And the act of showing up with another human and getting close with this other human and really allowing them to adore your body. I know it can feel sometimes uncomfortable, specifically um, when you're wanting to lose weight, but your partner, I'm guessing, doesn't see those six to eight pounds, really doesn't care. And you often ask, how do I look? And they're like, you look great. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You know, so allowing yourself to be adored by this other human being can feel really good. And it's the best workout. And it increases your hormones and it gets you all happy. I mean, it's really a win, 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 win. And I don't think a lot of um, diet podcasts, health podcasts really talk about the benefits of having sex and the benefits not only in your physical body, your emotional body, your spiritual body, all of the bodies so holistic and beautiful. So Robin, I hope that was helpful. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Our next question is from Judy. I have the complete guide to keto diet book and I am on week three of the classic keto plan. I have not lost any weight thus far. I was wondering if I should be modifying these recipe portions to fit what numbers I should hit when following a keto calculator. I love the recipes. Finally, nice to see something keto that's also paleo. I know what you mean, Judy. (laughs) When I first started keto, there was no such thing as like merging keto with paleo. And I was like, why has nobody done this yet? So I'm really glad that you um, are appreciating that because there was nothing like that when I was starting keto. And thank you so much for grabbing my book. So classic keto, the classic keto plan allows you to eat low carb, high fat every day forever. There are no carb ups, there are no adjustments. Now there are variants to your calories and macros as we talked about in the first question. But yeah, if you're feeling like you're too full, then cut out a snack or cut out one of the meals, separate the meals. I've had a lot of people do that where when I call for a specific breakfast, instead of having the full breakfast, they have half of it for breakfast and half of it for lunch. And then they just skip the lunch. You know what I'm saying? So they just extend it and play around with it. There's no way as a recipe creator, um, when I'm developing a book that hundreds of thousands of people have purchased, there's no way for me to know what's going to work for everyone. And if any recipe creator or health person or nutritionist or dietitian or doctor says, this is the plan I've created for everyone and everyone has had 100% success with it. I just don't believe it. And there's no way that I could create something that was going to work for every single body. So yeah, switch it up, adjust it, um, use the recipes as inspiration. And you may only lose the weight after your body has healed the imbalances. Okay. So again, talking about the hormone imbalances specifically, it could be really important to test your hormones and see how it goes, or just start at adjusting your macros and see how it goes. 
I hope that was helpful, Judy. Um, Julie asks, I just started keto and I have heard the most people lose the weight in the first two weeks of keto, but that it's mostly water. That is correct, Julie. But I am one week in and have noticed much difference. Although I started it during my period, I am 5'7", 136 pounds. So based on my on online calculators, I have been keeping to 28 grams of carbs and 105 grams of fat per day. Any idea why I haven't seen any changes? I have also heard from other fitness gurus, it is good to go off keto for two weeks when you plateau and then go back on again. Is this true? I'm guessing that the keto gurus that you're you're referencing are primarily male. It's a lot easier for men to go on and off keto, specifically I personally wouldn't recommend going off keto for two weeks after hitting a plateau in your first couple of months. I would say doing keto for like six months. Now, I'm saying keto in air quotes here because you could do various fat fuel profiles within keto and still have success. So you could do the daily fat burner fat fueled profile um, where you're having carbs every day. You could do the fat burner fat fueled profile where you're doing carbs like once a week. So I like like to adjust what other fitness gurus are saying. And instead of going off for two weeks, that's a long time to go off of keto before going back on is to play around with carb ups beforehand. Now, you've only been on keto for two weeks. And I say only not to discount the work that you've done, but to say that you're at the very, very beginning of your journey. And I'm not entirely sure, very similar to, I believe it was uh, Robin's question about weight loss at 5'7 and 136 pounds. It may be like, <laughs> friends, it may be that your body doesn't want to lose weight and that you're at a pretty good weight for your body. And so I really want to preface all of this message around understanding what your body is comfortable doing, what is feasible for your body to do, what is realistic. I know that when I was, you know, I'm five, I'm 5'10 and I got down to 130-ish pounds. I think it was 125 actually. I honestly don't even remember on keto. And my goal was 117 and I was like obsessed with this number. It's a number that I shot for all the time. And I realized that even if I got down to that number, I was still going to be a size seven because my hip bones could only get so small. And I would literally have to cut one of my hips off to be able to fit into anything smaller than a size seven. And I only share this message because I've heard so, 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 so like hundreds of thousands of women talk about weight loss and be so obsessed with weight loss. But when I ask them why they want to lose weight, they just say, because I'm uncomfortable. And I really, really, really urge you to really feel into that uncomfortability and understand where it's coming from. And I would say 99.99999% of times, it's because somebody else, not you, whether it's an ad an ongoing message, your mother, a father, a friend, somebody, this ongoing message has said that you are not good enough and that your body is not good enough and you will be more adored when you are a certain size. And I'm going to step off my soapbox in a moment <laughs> to just say like, I really, really, really encourage you. Okay. If you're still here, listen to my voice to ask yourself why you want to lose the weight. 
And when I got down to that weight and I started seeing all the things that I was adjusting and manipulating and the stress that was caused and the anxiety that was caused by the constant tracking, manipulating, thinking about food all the time, I just said, I got better things to do with my life and I don't know what those are yet, (laughs) but it's certainly not this. And I really unplugged from that paradigm. And it took many, 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 many years to unplug, but I can say with the utmost gratitude toward myself uh, and the appreciation for the work that I did in this area that I don't think about it anymore. And I would say I'm probably, I don't weigh myself anywhere between 150 to 158-ish pounds, I don't know. And I'm doing all the things that I could do at the lighter weight, those 30 pounds or whatever the case may be, I really haven't even thought about it. I'm not even doing the math really hasn't made a difference, um, a negative difference on my life. So I'm going to jump off my soapbox now because I know that this, (laughs) I know that this episode is about weight loss. I just really wanted to put that in there. Maybe not even for Julie, but for all humans listening that have just been focusing so, so, so much on their bodies. I just realized that the math is actually a 20 pound difference. I can tell you friends between 135 and 155 pounds, my life is no, like, it's not bad because I weigh more. I really, I don't care. I set the intention of eating low carb, high fat every day and I live a great life. I'm stronger in yoga than I ever have been. I have so much energy. My hormones are great. Like, it's great. I love it. So a carb up will accomplish the same thing without the ups and downs. So if you were thinking about going off keto for two weeks, when you've been on keto for two weeks, it might be a little bit too much for the body to handle. And you'll never really get into fat burning. Okay. Like if you go back on keto and then you lose the five pounds and then you plateau and you go off keto and then gain the five pounds and you go back on keto, you're constantly going to be cycling through. And while I appreciate going on and off keto and really having that fat adaption, the ability to burn fat, even though you're eating carbs. So great. But after two weeks of eating keto, this really isn't going to accomplish that. So I hope that these fitness gurus are explaining that in depth because it's really, really important to understand that it takes the body upwards of six months to a year, sometimes even longer to fully, fully be a fat burning machine. Okay. Also, you mentioned that you started keto while you're on your period. Now, when we eat keto, okay, so as yoni-bodied human beings, okay, so when we have a cycle, usually days one through five or while you're bleeding is a really good time to eat more high-protein, standard keto. And then as you start to get into the place of ovulation, you're going to find that you're going to be craving more sweets. So like apples, berries, those sorts of things. And then after you've ovulated, you'll probably get dipped down back into more of the keto space before you start to crave more of the starchy vegetables like sweet potatoes, plantains, maybe even potatoes or the starchier vegetables like carrots and parsnips and root vegetables and things like that. Um, So you can start to indulge in those with carb ups. And then as you get closer to your bleed, you're going to find that you crave more protein. Okay, so 
we have to understand that, <laughs> you know, like my weight difference between my, I would say day 25 ish to about day six or seven of my cycle, I've put on a lot of water weight. So you really want to pay attention to the water weight that you're gaining during your period. And when you need to hold a bunch of water for your cycle while you've just started keto. It's kind of like you're doing this thing to take away the water, but you're also, your body is doing this thing to bring in the water. So it's very, especially when you're first starting with keto, they're competing against one another. So it might be really interesting to wait for a couple cycles and see how it all goes. But basing your success off of the weight that you are during your cycle. Oh man. And I mean, how many times do we jump on the scale every week? You know, when I was using a scale, it was like multiple times a day. And I never took into consideration where I was in my cycle and how that could impact not only my weight, but also what I was craving or what my body needed or what movement I needed. Okay. So if you are going balls to the wall with your workouts on cycles day, like one through six, you're going to feel like hot garbage. Okay. Even cycles day, like 25 to six. Okay. This is when the body is just slower. You're not going to be meeting your numbers. You're not going to be meeting your goals. This is not the time that you're going to be beating any PRs or anything. Okay. So once, you know, I am on cycle day seven today, I had a bang and workout. I felt so strong and this is going to continue all the way until about cycle day 21, where it starts to get it's going to start to decline. Those are the days that I'm going to notice that I'm not as strong and I'm starting to want to do more walking and uh, yin yoga and just taking a little bit easier. So it's, again, it's good to give keto 30 days, a full cycle, whatever that is for you, 28 days, 30 days, 37 days, whatever it is for you. If you're still ovulating and menstruating and all the aidings to determine what's working. Okay. Because there's so, so, so many different touch points and there's so many different points of a cycle. So it's really important before you're like, ah, keto's not working to really allow yourself that full cycle to figure out whether or not it is working for you. I hope that was helpful, Julie. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice, free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to high-quality protein sources less expensive and more available to all. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher-quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox since 2017 and love Love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it. Their ground sausage is a dream. It's my personal favorite. Head on over to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to build a bundle that fits you and your family and start eating high quality meat without all the hassle of searching high and low for the good stuff. Okay, next question is from Tony. Hi, Leanne. I've been on keto for five weeks and I haven't lost any weight. The keto test strips show that I'm in between a trace or a small amount of ketones. I'm keeping to 20 net carbs a day. I do the keto diet. I did the keto diet last year from April to November and lost 48 pounds. Took a break over the holidays, gained back eight pounds. I'm using your book for recipes, which are great. My favorite is bacon fudge and rocket fuel latte. I agree with you, friend. I haven't made a batch of bacon fudge in like forever. I should probably do that today. I was wondering if you have any suggestions. Thank you, Tony. Okay, so let's talk about 
test strips, how they work, why they work, what they're doing if they're not working, all those sorts of things. So urine test strips are kind of pointless. <laughs> now, if you're reading high ketones on a urine test strip, yay. But if you're reading low ketones, it could be a false negative. Is that, yeah, a false negative, meaning that your body is just starting to get better and better at using those ketones and not dumping them into your urine. And Tony, because you said that you had done keto for quite a while last year and lost weight and everything was good. I have a feeling that your body is hitting the ground running, knows what to do, is not dumping the ketones into the urine, perhaps like it did when you first started keto way back in April of last year. So if you still want to test your ketones, my recommendation would be to test with either your breath or your blood. I prefer blood. You really can't mess it up. Breath is a little bit iffy. And also you don't need to test. I also think it's great that you gained back only eight pounds during that period. That's amazing. And I bet you weren't eating as many carbs as you were April of 2019, right? So even though we're going off keto during the holidays, I think it's so great that you did that. And that's awesome. You gained back eight pounds. That's pretty like pretty awesome and standard. And that's really, really great. And you can, you can bring forth your ketogenic tools by still eating low carb when you can and not just going balls to the wall. I'm off keto freedom ice cream pizza tonight and every night you know what i'm saying now we're going to do keto different every time so if you go off keto for a month or two weeks or a week or it changes over time the ketogenic diet like i said at the very beginning the ketogenic diet is going to heal our body. And when our body is working toward healing, what worked for you three months ago, eight weeks ago, um, eight years ago, four years ago, a year ago is not going to be what works for you now. Okay. It's very much like if I think of my marriage and my relationship to Kevin over the last 13 years, what worked for us at the very beginning would not work for us now, okay? What practices we did together in the past wouldn't work for us now. The depth of our connection now is completely different than the depth of the connection we had after just two years. And so it's very, very similar with our eating style and with our body, okay? Your body is ever-changing. If you... um lost a loved one between now and then it's going to be different you're grieving if you injured yourself between now and then it's going to look different you know your body's healing if you got your period back it's going to look different if you had a baby or you're pregnant it's going to look different so every time is going to look a little bit different okay so what worked for you, Tony, April to November of last year may not work for you this time, probably because you did a lot of healing and your body is able to maintain this weight loss pretty effortlessly. So it's really how can we bring in these new new tips and tools and Many of the answers that I answered at the beginning with Ingrid could apply to you here. And I hope that that was helpful, Tony. Our last question is from Heather. And this is a really good one and something I know that I struggled with a lot, a lot during the first two years or so of keto. Heather says, I love your podcast. Thanks, Heather. Episode 213 with Michelle talks about carving up after weightlifting or hard workouts, avoiding fats for a while, then 45 minutes or more later eating a brown banana shake. I get this. I don't add any more fat so the mobilization of fats can be utilized and then add carb up spike insulin as your muscles will be sensitive at that point. I bought the book and it completely contradicts with a fatty coffee after workout, then fasting, then carb up help. How do I make sense of this? 
Heather, this is the best question ever. And it really, really means <laughs> as we are learning, as any health guru or nutritionist like myself or dietitian or doctor or anyone in the health space is learning, our recommendations are going to change. Now, that doesn't mean that our past recommendations are wrong. You know, if I look at and I redid, I redid um, The Keto Beginning, one of the books in my bundle. Um, and I also redid Fat Fuel, the other program in my bundle in 2019. And that was only because I had gone through the text and much of the research had changed. But the basis of the recommendations were the same. Now I added on new things, of course, because as I work with new clients, I find out new things and very similar to Michelle and really anyone. I mean, if you talk to Jason Fung or any of the the health people out there, their adjustments will shift over time and their recommendations will shift over time as they see more people, as they make those shifts and they uh, learn more about people's bodies. Now, is that to say what they recommend at the beginning was not right? Not at all. If you do that, chances are you'll experience some benefits. Just like when I did my first copy of The Keto Beginning and Fat Fueled, there are some great content in there. And when I redid them last year, it was really about how can I add to this content to help people even further. So what I would recommend to you, Heather, is one week. Okay, now if you're still cycling, the best time to do these tests is right after your period um, because you have that like two week span uh, like after ovulation where everything's pretty much the same and you can test this. So for one week, do what Michelle recommended in episode 213, okay? Then switch it up. And for the next week, do the recommendation that's in the book. See how you feel, what works best. Maybe the recommendation in the episode works really, really good between cycle days one to 21. And then what works really, really good is the stuff in her book from the last part of your cycle. So it's not to say that anything is right or wrong or that one will lead to more success than the other. It's just that there are so many ways. What's the saying? There are many ways to skin a cat. I don't know about that. I've never skinned a cat. Don't plan on it. But it's very similar in this way of there are tons of ways to reach the top of the mountain. Okay, you can go up the north side, the south side, the east side, the west side. You can go up a cliff. You can walk back and forth all the way up the mountain. You can be pulled up. You can take a trolley, whatever. There are so many ways. And as long as you get to the top of the mountain, who cares how you got there? So these are all just tips and tools and things that people are providing to you that you can play around. But I think the main thing here and the problem, okay, with the health and wellness industry and the thing that turns me off every single time is that we, and I say we as in the leaders in the health and wellness industry say, do my program follow step one, two, three, and this will equal success for you. And so this calculation tells you that you do not need to put trust in your body, but rather trust in this random person. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know these people. And I will never care about your body as much as you will care about your body. And Heather, I've never met you. I'm sure you're the most amazing human being. And that goes for all listeners of the podcast. If we could all get together, and this is why I love my book tours so much. If we could all get together and have a one big group hug, it would make me the happiest human in the world. Ultimately though, 
I do my best, but I do not know your body. And I will never, ever, ever say, do step one, two, three, you're welcome. Here you go. It'll end up like this because I don't know. Everyone's body is so unique. And since a very young age, we were told that we cannot trust ourselves. We were told that we cannot rely on the, 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 the signs and, and symptoms from our body. And it's really important as you move forward in any journey, whether it be keto, vegan, training for a triathlon, whatever it is that you trust your body beyond anyone else's recommendations, protocols, meal plans, outlines, anything, okay? You listen to your body and find what works for you. So I think that's a great ending to today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. Next up on the show, Sunday, August 30th, we have episode 267, where I'm interviewing my friend, Kit Murray Maloney, who's talking about vaginal steaming for natural ovulation and bleed. And so we talked a lot about hormones today. I think that you're really, really, really going to enjoy next week's episodes. So definitely tune into that. Um, We're talking about a lot of stuff. It's really exciting. I really, really enjoyed that episode. Sunday, September 6th, we have episode 268, where I'm chatting about the chaffle, the chaffle. I never know how to say this word, the chaffle, chaffle, Um, CBD testing and keto for men. And I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. My dog coconut is behind my chair crying because she sees the squirrel outside. So I'm sorry if you heard her crying. Don't worry. She's not in distress. She just wants to play with a squirrel. So I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you next next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.